Darkness washed over the dude like Black Steers <laughs> Tukas on a moonless summer night. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. This is The Fizzle Show. The word fizzle has two meanings, folks. One, to fail in a weak and disappointing way. And two, to buzz or crackle like electricity. And through this show, we explore why many small businesses fizzle out and why others seem to crackle and buzz with energy. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about entrepreneurship, building a thriving audience, and the battle of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. So if you're into that kind of thing, welcome home. Your hosts are, uh, if, if this one comes from a listener, if we, if we were the original starters for Pokemon, Corbett would be Squirtle. A tough outer shell, but still cool and refreshing like his water type. <laughs> I love where this is going. Chase would be Charmander. So enthusiastic, so full of energy that his little tail is literally on fire. And Barrett would be Pikachu because he was only added as a starter in a later release of the game. <laughs> I was more of a pog guy myself. But thanks, James Holder, for your thing. You listeners write these things, and I love to read them out. Send us an email at heyguys at fizzle.co. Listen, in this episode, uh, imagine this. It was a successful business. It was making good money, a few thousand dollars a month, and then suddenly, the whole business is gone. This is the allure and the danger of a business idea that's that's not the most legit thing. <laughs> and this is the situation one of our podcast guests today has to deal with. Our answers to his questions and three other Fizzle Show listeners on today's show, including a female surfer from the UK, sounds chilly and awesome. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 84. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. Feeling good, man. I went on a run. I went on a run. I got some tea here. I had a couple bites of a Betty Bowl from Harlow. It's like it's like all, just of the, all over. It's, it's Harlow like roots, roots and herbs and things. It's delicious. Nice quinoa. It sounds like something Barrett would make at home. Oh man, he's, he's all he's all cauliflower rice. I had cauliflower rice curry. Yeah, pick one: cauliflower or rice. Huh? I'm sick of these multi-use foods or curry. It's like it's tofurkey. <laughs> Turkey made out of tofu. <laughs> Oh, man. The wishbone's made out of tempeh. <laughs> and there That's my, go the uh, vegetarians. joke. <laughs> Should have tried to put a punchline in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you guys ready to talk? I want to I listen to uh, answer some listener questions today. You guys ready for that? So ready yeah, for I'm, that. I'm way, I'm way ready for it. I feel like we have a bunch actually stacked up in here. We're st- stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks. Exciting. Uh, before we do, any, any new news from you guys? Everything okay? I'm knee deep in packing. Getting NDMP, ready to move next week. K, KDP. Mm-hmm. KDIP. Not to be confused K- with NKOTB. Welcome to 92.7 KDIP. <laughs> so, <laughs> the KDIP. So my exciting news is that I get to go to New York next week because Nicole has a work trip and she had enough points that I get to go with her. So I'll be in New York for a couple of days. Hey, Corbett, did you see anything on the corporate calendar about Barrett taking any time? <clears throat> no, or? I didn't. Uh, Barrett, did you submit it's your proper funny, yeah. request so Barrett, form? Tell, when, did you, when did you decide to, I mean, did you ask for clearance on this? You know, it's pretty cool. I can work from anywhere. That's debatable. Yeah. 
Can you really work from anywhere, Barrett? Debatable at best. I've seen some of the work you put out when you're in New York. Anywhere. (laughs) He's he's like, I can write a a 5,000-word blog post from Japan if I want. In my sleep. Try to work while try to try to work while you're uh, out looking for some heroin on the streets of New York. Well, why don't you always just be working? Can we just not talk about all of my secrets on the show? All right. Well, sometimes you find the light through the needle. Keep a couple. <laughs> what? Keep a couple? <laughs> I like it. Okay, so uh, let's go to some of these questions. We got a lot of questions from listeners. We love answering your questions. I, I think part of me, if we could just do Q and A shows. It'd be uh, it'd be great. I'd love to do that because I think we could we could take one question and turn it into a whole episode, or do like a bunch of rapid fire ones with the or group them together. But uh, you know, we kind of have this constant little drip in of these things. And if you want to ever ask your own question, I highly recommend it. Fizzle dot fizzle show dot co slash ask. Is that right? Oh snap! It sounds That's right. right. Fizzleshow.co slash ask, and it'll take you right to this tool we use called SpeakPipe. You get to record your own voice, you get to do all your thing, and, and, and just tell us everything about your business in a little, try to keep it short, uh, try, try to, try to. <laughs> not just, <laughs> but just, not just what you tell us, but also your name, maybe keep that short. We've got, yeah. we've got people like Amy and Dante and Paul in here, and then there's Brian Wampler of Wampler Pedals and the Chasing oh, Tone I Podcast. Got a story to tell about <laughs> Wampler pedals. I can't wait to get into it. Oh, good. Okay. So, um, so anyways, fizzleshow.co slash ask. You can ask your question of us. We love answering your questions because it feels really good to get close to the problems you're actually struggling with. You know, every single week here, we write a blog post on Tuesday. We put a podcast episode out on Friday. And our whole dream at Fizzle is that we're answering your guys' questions, that we're helping you make progress in your business because we sort of exist for this world in which anyone can start up a business that they believe in. Whether it's their full income or just like selling jam at the farmer's market because they like to hang out with hippies, with kids. Uh, whatever your, your vision for your life is or, or your business, like we just, we, we think these tools are, are kind of like, we were having a lot of talks recently about like, what does Fizzle stand for? What's the vision for 2015? And I really like that we landed on that. You know, fizzle.co because everyone should be able to build a business they believe in. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chase, one of the co-founders here at Fizzle. And I want to walk you through our factory. <laughs> Okay, let's get right into Dara's question, all right? Uh, You ready for this, guys? So ready. Hey there, this is Dara Hoffman-Fox, and I am a licensed professional counselor. I specialize in working with transgender clients, and so my online business website is a transgender education and resources site that can be found at darahoffmanfox.com. So I've been working on it for about a year and a half. I'm about ready to start launching products um, for sale. My main question is, I am really interested next year in starting to attend conferences that have to do with um, social media or entrepreneurship, that sort of thing. So I'm wondering what you guys would suggest, um, even naming several different ones to choose from when it comes to your favorite conferences. Which ones do you think I should take a look at? Thank you so much for everything you do. I think I kind of love you. Bye. Oh, oh, I love that. That is so sweet. Gosh, darn it, Dara Hoffman Fox. Um, and and uh, living in Portland with, with a few transgender f- friends myself, I am, uh, I'm glad of, of the work that you do. So um, Dara Hoffman Fox, do you guys have that up? We do. I mean, I know her, her question isn't about uh, her site per se. What, what do you think of the site? 
just kind of look, you know, it's always tough to look at something on the fly and take it in. But in general, I mean, it's, it seems very clear. I, I mean, uh, I love it. I love, I love the top. I love where, where, uh, <clears throat> we get to see Tara's face and, and we get this, this, uh, headline. My one thought was, was her headline is, uh, let's work, let's work together to make the world a better place for those who are transgender in this kind of neat font. Uh, and again, if you're following along at home, this is Tara. DaraHoffmanFox.com. I'll put a link in the show notes, which you'll find at fizzle.co, fizzleshow.co slash, what are we on? 84? 84, I think. I think, hold on, let me just double check that. I think this is 84. Oh my God, you guys. This is 84. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is, is that a special it's number like, to you for some reason? Yeah, it's like the year my brother was born. So it's oh. like pretty heavy for me right now. Um, so, Let's work together to make the world a better place for those who are transgender. I like that. I think it's a it's a it's a good little rally call. I would I would almost say let's uh, almost I can't tell if this is a site for uh, people who want to support those who who have friends, people who want to support other transgender people. Like like I can imagine a mom saying like I need to learn about what's going on with my used to be daughter. What how do I think and talk about this? Uh, and her fight landing here and finding this kind of kind of an interesting thing but i would kind of pick either we're talking to transgender people trying to deal uh, understand and deal with all of these problems or resources for those people who are are right and i guess that would be my my biggest question is is dara working mostly with people who have um changed genders themselves or is she working with the people around them yeah, I guess that, that's what, that's a perfect way of saying it. Just because it's like that's the question that I, I immediately thought of. Just because we're looking at this from like, is what does her site say? And then we're not we're not one of we're not. I'm not a transgender, so I don't know what it feels like to to land here. If it feels like a safe place and like home, or if it feels like a good thing to send to my friends and family or something like that. Right. You know. Right. So okay, that's on her about page, she does say whether you are transgender or part of someone's life who is trans transgender, I'm here to act as a guide and resource along this journey. So. It sounds go. like, from her perspective, she's there for both. Yeah, doing the both, both and. And I feel like you maybe maybe you'd kind of have to in a situation like because they're so intrinsically combined. Um, okay, this is great. So, though. This is this is great. The, I, I mean, love, yeah, yeah, you guys, uh, listeners out there, if, if you're just getting started, if you're sort of wondering how to get traction, I like this this site a lot. I think look at what Dara's doing, and just see. I I, I think there's something so important about photography. About photos of of you, if especially if you're in a situation like this where you're working directly with clients or where you're the personality behind your business or something like that. Obviously, on Fizzle, we don't do that very much, right? Because we're not we're trying to you know de-emphasize who we are and and really just kind of focus it on like these ideas and these tools and these resources um, and things. And and maybe we should think more about that in the future because I think we've just got millions of years of evolution on our side when we're uh, recognizing facial patterns when we're. Seeing Seeing a person and making a, a you know split second decisions about this person trustworthy or not and all this other stuff and I think more often than not with a good photo you can earn a little bit of that trust early on not that it's a secret weapon or anything not that it's going to make the the untrustworthy trustworthy Speaking or that of, it does actually yeah did we what? mention uh, our friend Scott's new website last week I don't know I'm I'm afraid to look at it since since the first time no, I, went no, up, I, I just don't know people I, should check it out if they want a good example of what what you're talking about in terms of photography that's true. Yeah, there's a there's a, on liveyourlegend.net, right? Yep. Yep. org, something like that. I don't know. I can't. It doesn't have like a dot com yet. But on liveyourlegend.net, uh, oh. you, if you land there on the homepage, is this big, beautiful, huge image, largest feature box I've ever designed, probably one of the largest I've ever seen. But 
because I wanted to just get the, the draw you into this feel of him on stage, well lit, very dramatic, clearly some sort of presentation he's giving. And then you see the big red letters behind him on the floor, which say nothing else than T E D Ted. And it's like this, this Ted, this instant, like, whoa, this guy was on a stage with a, with a logo that I probably recognize. So he's not just some flash in the pan, silly, you know, live off your passion now kind of guru. Cause anybody can be that in a second, right? Anybody can say that they're that. Um, so this just is, I thought to me, one of the bigger things is just that credibility thing for Scott and that in, I we need that instant trust and that instant feel like there's a million gurus I can listen to. Why would I listen to this guy? Oh, because he's well known enough to be on that stage and to be talked to by these people. And I found his article anyways, instead of the million other ones. So might as well give this guy the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Yep, totally. So, um, okay, now let's get to our actual question. <laughs> long way around. <laughs> I like that. Long, that's a long way around. Uh, here we are on hole 17. The players are coming down the back alleys of the course here. And uh, I, I don't know, I just kind of lost wind. So uh, conferences so that conferences. we might recommend to a physical. So, um Obviously, I think, obviously, you, Dara, would know a lot more about the transgender or gender related issues conferences than we would. I just don't have a whole Rolodex. Although, in my back yeah, pocket. there's one, uh, there is one that may not be on her radar. I'm not sure exactly. Um, a friend of mine runs a conference called Lesbians Who Tech. I don't want to be too presumptuous with Dara, but um, she uh, might find some good use out of that one, actually, because it's. Um, a group of women who are into technology, and uh, they try to be supportive of all kinds of LGBT stripes at the conference. I know that she has um, a version that happens here in San Francisco, and uh, they also have a conference in New York. Um, they kind of alternate throughout the year, so check that out. Uh, you might be interested in that. Other than that, uh, since you are a, a business builder, a person trying to create income for yourself through these things that you're doing um the 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 ones we we always end up talking about world domination summit it's fun it's good you go there you get inspired this is a conference for being inspired chris gillibo has another one called pioneer nation which is a little more towards focused on the on the activities of of actually doing a business which is great especially if you're early on and Dara, I think you'd be able to get some out of that. Maybe not as much as someone who hasn't been doing it for a year and a half. You have, uh, congratulations on the way, but just sticking with it for a year and a half. You'd be amazed at how many people like try it. They're like, they go the three months in, they're like, this just isn't working. I just don't know. It's, I'm not, I mean, what, is, it, is it me? Is it me? Is this Definitely a bad you. business? Definitely. You. It, did I do it? Was, it is. I thought this would be a hit. You know, and it's hard to stick with something and get it like that slow, that, that little bit of traction to keep going. Um, that's great. I'm, I congratulate you because this is like, I, I don't know, I feel like it, it shouldn't be this rare and it isn't that rare. Uh, it's just that we, I don't know. We either, you either hear about these these stories of these people that just like well I just started it up and it just kind of blew up I I've been I've been just laying down the train tracks in front of the train <laughs> ever since so yeah now I'm on my private island and I flew out here on my jet and my helicopter uh, both of them I like to go between them stop at different islands along the way just to see what's going on in the local villages you hear those stories but you don't hear a lot of the whole like no it's been a slog for like seven years and now I'm just starting to get paid pretty good yeah paying for my kids school at least so anyways here i am here you are gibbering away that was here about wds so, world domination 
Pioneer Nation. Uh, there was always talk of there was always Blog World, uh, and Blog World is is uh, it's great. You can go it's called New Media Expo now. New Media Expo, uh, and what, what's most important about any of these things are the people that you meet there. That's why I always love World Domination, just because you're going to meet a lot of like inspired, interesting people. Yeah, are they going to are they going to come up with an idea to start a yoga studio when when they're here at WDS? Yeah, they will. Will they actually do it? Mass chances are pretty slim, but they're good people. They're they're dreamers and believers in the whole nine yards, and I find that that. That's kind of nice to be surrounded by those people versus like the grum, like, well, you can't do that. That's just not how business is done, old boy. You know, we have, but, uh, uh, we've done at least one full episode on conferences. I know, uh, the Fizzle Show episode 32 mm-hmm. is a good one. We talk all about how to get the most out of conferences. There's a list of conferences in there. Um, a couple of others you haven't mentioned yet. South by Southwest is one that people really enjoy. Um, let's see. Big Omaha is that still going on? I know it did last I can only year. Imagine Big Omaha Bacon Biz is the is another one that's like for like uh, sort of the what they would call them a micro micro conf uh, micro conf and bacon bacon biz are for what they would call like bootstrapped companies. These are little a lot more targeted towards like a SaaS software as a service sort of thing. But a lot of you know young interesting folks trying to start up you know just website businesses things that that you like sign up for an account and you pay ten dollars a month and it generates an invoice for you and now they've automated that task and now you don't ever have to do it. Again, right? A lot of little tools like that that they're making, which I, I just like the community a lot there. Here, I got a list of uh, conferences I've written down for me to research in the future uh, that I think might interest Fizzlers. So All right. we covered MicroConf, Pioneer Nation. I've got Nearly Impossible, uh, Small Business Summit. I don't know anything about that one. Uh, Innovation Uncensored, uh, Misfit Conf, Instigators Experience, and the 99U Conference. Hmm. But will you send me that list so I can put it in the show notes? I will definitely. And then the last okay. one is Social Media Marketing World. So those should give you a wide array of different attendees and topics. And if you do some of your own research, you'll probably figure out what's best for you. I like it. Boom. All right, we should, uh, we, should, it. we should close it there. All right, Dara, thanks so much for your question. I think we kind of love you too. Yeah. All right, this next one is from Rob. Here we go. Hey, guys. I'm Robert, 20 years old from Italy, and I have a question for you. What were your biggest failures and how did you get back up and kept going and just kept creating things until you found success? The point is, I'm asking you this question because I started exactly one year ago, one year ago, uh, you know, in making things and creating things and online, obviously. I found success something like six months ago and kept making money for exactly six months until now. I made an average of like $2,000 more, which, which was like, I was dreaming. I was dreaming until now, like one month ago, that a new Google update destroyed my thing. I knew it was a possibility because I was doing, I, w- I wasn't doing the, um, the most legit thing, but you know, as it was my first time creating something online, I think it was normal. I mean, it was a beginner mistake, but the problem is, it was hard to, you know, accept the failure and just create something different and something, you know, for the long term. Yeah, it was it was a it was a bad hit, especially after after you know having worked so hard for it. So, guys, thank you. I love your podcast. I love how you struggle to get to the point and you just make so many cool jokes and and everything. I love it. 
keep doing it. Never get to the point straight away, just like the other podcasts. You are great. So thank you, and I will shut up. <laughs> Uh, that was great. Thank you, Rob. Oh, so, anyways, I was walking down the street the other day. <laughs> well, here I am, not getting to the point. A podcast uh, that struggles to get to the point. <laughs> Hello um, and welcome. Where was I? <laughs> squirrel! 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 Oh, I love it. I think this is, might be our first question from an Italian. This was, this was good for a couple of reasons, of course. <laughs> Struggling to get to the point is one of them. The other one is like this cautionary tale about oh, doing something I, that's, what did he say? It wasn't the most legit. I wasn't legit? doing legit, the most yeah. legit thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to know what he was doing specifically, by the way, yeah. to make it work for a while. Because it's fun. I mean, he put some cash in his pocket, learned some things for a while. Um, man, and lucky for him, it wasn't two years down the road and he hadn't like built his entire life around this website that was on shaky footing, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, so this is, uh, you, you live by a sword, you die by a sword. You live by Google, you die by Google, uh, which is one of the bummers of uh, going straight to bed only with an algorithm uh, because she doesn't talk dirty the way you like it, you know? Um, or she just starts talking super dirty. And uh, it sounds like Rob's case, she was just cussing at him all day long. Uh, so uh, just to give anybody who doesn't understand what this might have been, so you can find sort of little loopholes. SEO has search engine optimization has this long fabled history of of all these sort of like hackers um, finding loopholes in the algorithm or finding things that can get you to rank on first page and all this other stuff, which can drive an insane amount of traffic and a ton of interest. Right? It's the dream of like I can click a button and a million people land on my website. Well, if a million people land there at least 10 to 20 of them are going to be interested in the thing you know and man even clicks click a link that that affords me some ads uh, revenue or buy a product or something like that right so this is the dream of getting a bunch of eyeballs and hearts to your site and then and then hopefully the site works now when you can't when you've been you know, when you've been counting on that traffic and that stream of eyeballs coming just through google then you <clears throat> you are sort of in bed with Google and to the point where if Google makes any changes and says, I don't like, I don't actually like what you're doing. And they turn the, they turn off the flow. Then you get screwed. And this is fairly common. Uh, happens every few years when Google updates their algorithm. I think penguin was the latest one. I can't remember the names of them. They name all these things. And cause of course, Google's whole goal here is to deliver the best possible information to the people who are searching for these keywords, right? So if they realize that you've got a content farm that's generating all these spam links and doing all this other stuff just to generate interest and yada, 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 and fool their bots, they, they, they did that a lot recently, and a lot of content farm sites got totally cut down. And and fa- and you know, real seasoned entrepreneurs have, uh, have were were killed by that. Like um, Mahalo was a site that was like all of its revenue was coming from traffic generated by search. And that was Jason Calacanis, who runs the This Week in Startups podcast, which I do listen to occasionally. And uh, and he just the whole business unit got completely undercut. Because all the the flow turned off, so it's a sad thing. Um, anything else to add on on just going to bed with Google like this before we get into his his actual question? Nope. No. Okay. So, uh, what was the biggest failures that we've had, and and how did we get back up and find success? What, what do you What do you guys think? Does something Does anybody have something that comes directly to mind? Oh, sure. I mean, 
I think we all do probably, but yeah. Corbett, jump in. There. Well, you have more than more than others, so why don't you go first, Barrett? Oh, nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was an underhanded backstab. That was. That was that now, was, uh... Barrett, you've got a lot of failure in your life, son. Chase, we'll talk Kidding. about this later, okay? Yeah, well, you got it, pal. <laughs> um, all right. Anyways, yeah, so earlier this year, as many of you probably know, in April, I shut down a company called Living for Monday that I had been running for three years, so had devoted a significant... Uh, number of years in my view towards it. And uh, we just never found the right way to build a business model around a concept that was popular and an audience that was growing. And uh, for me, I didn't end up looking at it as a failure. I looked at it as a raging success. I learned how to build an audience. I learned how to build a website. I learned how to raise money. I learned how to have an employee. I mean, I learned a ton of great uh, concepts that will apply to anything I do in the future, but especially to what I'm doing now for Fizzle. And, uh, it also provided me with a ton of opportunities. I think when I shut it down, I had like five job offers within a couple of weeks because of the fact that I had put my ass in the line. I was doing work that people could see and it was proof positive of what I'm capable of. So for me, hold it was on, just hold about, on. go ahead. <laughs> Not to interrupt you too much, but you had five job offers and you chose to work with us. Yeah. What the hell? Yes. Wow. What's wrong with I'm me? I'm starting to question, question your decision making well. skills. <laughs> We got to make some assumptions here, Corbett, about the quality of the other job offers. That's well, true. I mean, okay. That's true. Yeah. I could have been, been a Starbucks barista. I could have <laughs> yeah. restarted Dude. my lawn mowing business. Exactly. Costco was hiring. I had real opportunities, okay? UPS. All right. Keep going. Okay. You're about to share some, some knowledge bombs with us, I think. NBs. KBs. Shoot. No, that's Crap. it. So the last thing I said was, you know, it was the efforts of building that business were proof positive of what, of what I'm capable, capable of in the future which I think is why I'm here doing what I'm doing now. And so the question well, as is... someone who's seen you in shorts, I could say those are not your only capabilities. Oh, yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. White thighs for the win. WT. <laughs> Put some sunglasses on. But anyways... Um, WTFTW. <laughs> WTFTW. WTFTW. I have no idea where I was going with that. Oh, point being, you learned a lot in building that business and you probably Mm -hmm. learned a lot about what not to do next time. Yeah. And so for me, uh, I would say you're probably well positioned and maybe better positioned than a lot of people to either get back in the game and build something new or to take an intermission where you go work for somebody that you believe in or that you want to learn from and then get back to building your own thing later. Yeah. When I think of my failure, uh, I go back to... um, I go back. I think of a lot of times where I was like really embarrassed myself, or I embarrassed my wife, or something like that, and I kind of real. I felt like really bad about that. But there's no way to really just bounce back from it. You just got to come like, okay, well, we'll start over at this party, and I'll have to slowly build up my credibility after this. No, I'm sorry. I'm. I don't believe those things that that joke was about, and you clearly don't have a sense of humor. But now I have to try to make you like me. There's a million of those, <laughs> but but the one that actually might make more sense is when I. Um, went off on my own, I think for the very first time. So I was working at a small company making little uh, movies on the web to sell things. Uh, as, for, as soon as we moved to Oregon, this was like 10 years ago. And I worked there for a year and a half. I feel like I learned everything that I kind of could. I mostly just spent all my time reading about product, <laughs> productivity uh, and <laughs> making porn out of productivity reading. And then uh, I 
was like, screw this, I'm going to do it on my own. I can do what we're doing here. I can make these videos. I can do these animations. I can make these web videos. I can do this stuff on my own. So I, I stepped off and I tried to do it on my own. And I had no skills, no sales skills, no marketing, no nothing. I set up a little company, put up a website, nothing came, right? Um, I, couldn't, I didn't have any money to do any like advertising or marketing. I just kind of had to sort of like hound down leads. And if anybody's been in that situation before, you're spending 90% of your time in a sales role. And very, you, you, I mean, and then you win one and then you have to try to get that out the door because you're constantly in the sales role, uh, going back to it again and again and again. Cause what I'm going to do when this project's done, you know, and it was a one person team and all this stuff. And eventually it just was, it just was too much. I was finding like little, I did like websites for a couple restaurants around town and, and a cafe <laughs> near my house. I love that. Like uh, was, I love that we're like in random conversation with your wife, Melissa, and she's like, Oh yeah, Chase did that website. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> when? Yeah. When are you talking about? Yeah, and so, um, so, anyways, it was uh, it, it was a nightmare. It, it ended up being like my son was born, uh, uh, or it was just, it was we were pregnant, and all this other stuff was going on. Anyways, it was a nightmare. So what did I do? I went and I got a job. I got a job. I uh, uh, and I'm glad that I did. I got one job at an agency. Spent a year and a half there. Learned a bunch of how a team works. Learned a bunch about how an actual agency like runs their their system. Um, and, and it's kind of like the systematic approach to creative work. And then uh, went off on my own again and again failed. <laughs> and then got another job. And that was, my, that was when I worked at the startup for three years. And it was the best decision I ever made in my life because it was like full-on mentorship uh, 24-7 in a company that was very hard to do. So how did I get back up? I mean, I guess I got jobs. I got jobs and I rec- it's something I recommend to most people to go learn your things. But like Corbett, you always say like you just knew you had to work for yourself. I would always get the itch. And in the last job at the startup, uh, I wanted to leave there uh, exactly a year and a half in and I stuck with it until three years. And I'm glad that I did because you push through that dip and you find a little bit of joy in it and then it just starts being tough again. And then, but, I, but at that point, my network was such that, Corbett, I knew you personally. I knew a lot of other people personally in this sort of scene because I'd been going to the conferences and kind of doing things on the side uh, as a front for my social media guru position. And then, uh, and, and having that network made everything easy. And it gave me the vision of like, I want to make websites just for bloggers who are making real money, who have bootstrapped and Frankensteined their website, mm-hmm. create a real brand for them and do all that. So that was this real, real poignant niche business idea that was the, was, was the uh, sort of reason, the energy behind my success. Cause I knew those contacts and I knew who they were and I knew how to sell them. Right. And so immediately came up to, to a handful of really successful websites and before Corbett, looked at me with those eyes and said, I want you to myself. And I, I gave myself to him. And then we had a baby. Nice. Really? Was it me? Are you taking it's care of that baby? Because I definitely am not right now. It's, it's fizzle, yeah. Oh, okay. I just changed some typography around. I keep, you know, I keep growing them up a little bit. Yeah, Barrett, little bit. You, Barrett, you were not that child. Okay. Fizzle was the child, I think. Damn! But you are adopted. Yeah. Oh, I we knew that was you. coming. You're an adopted uncle. This actually. changes everything. Yeah, you're an adopted uncle. I think okay, but uh, what about you? Yeah, well, not to like drag out some story about my failure that I've probably told fifty times already, but um, I think the thing that the critical thing for Rob now is to kind of figure out what he wants next. It's really easy, I think, to know what you don't want to do again. Yeah, 
Um, but it's kind of hard Especially to figure in out. his situation. Like, okay, I'm not going to do a not that legit thing because I see how the blade falls on that. Right. You know? But I think it's also easy to kind of just do a variation of what you did before. So, okay, so that didn't work out because I was betting on some, you know, black hat tactic or something, but maybe I can just tweak it and, um, and get the thing to work in a little bit more legit way. And that's fine, I guess. But I'd love to see Rob think um, a little more broadly as well, and and you know maybe maybe go to a conference or like I did, take uh, some time off, you know, go somewhere else and and think things through and and just try to imagine a broader universe than he's in right now because it's really easy in your head to go over these scenarios over and over again that tend to be pretty close to one another, and um, maybe there's all kinds of other different opportunities that are you know pretty far off from what he's already tried. Um, I don't know if I'm making sense or not. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. Yeah, I think. Right. What you're saying is is maybe try something different. But you're you're exactly right in that in that it's oftentimes harder to know what we want to do than than what we don't want to do. Definitely. Okay, so I made this mistake, but that doesn't necessarily lead itself to some other idea. Yeah. That's why you're choosing a topic course is so brilliant because you help us take an inventory of the, our interests, and then you help us not only do that, but then allow the, layer on this this like sort of lens of intelligence that says where could the business opportunity be in those topics where can these two things overlap that might be like you know like how steve did it with nerd fitness right yeah i like all of these kinds of things i like fitness these things aren't normally together i can create my own little thing there you know uh and that kind of stuff i it's so valuable to be able to do that uh, weighted average decision matrix in that course and, and do the things but you're right i think this is just a modern man's dilemma that that a we're asking all of these existential questions like what am i going to do with the rest of my life let alone what am i going to do to make money next week when you know in some ways that, that that's always been a question but but there was a lot more inertia in all of human history right you either hunted or you or you like took care of the kids or you made house or you were a bread maker cuz every person in your family was a bread maker or you were a cobblestoner or whatever right so now we have all the opportunity in the world, and this question of what do I want is the most difficult question in the world to me. Right. I just think it's so tough. I think for us with our business, we're making up all these plans and dreams. Of like, what could this thing look like in five years? What would you want, want our body of work to, to look like? By the way, anybody who's doing year planning for next year, ask yourself in five years, what do you want your body of work to, to look like? Or your body. Probably, or what do you want your body? Well, I want to know what I want my body to look like. Damn, girl. Look at that body. Hey, and for Rob, you know, the other thing I would say is um, don't discount what you've done already. Just because, you know, you built something and then, uh, you know, it was on a little bit of a shaky foundation. That doesn't mean that you don't have some talent and, um, and that, you, you know, you didn't learn some really useful things about what it takes to build a business. Yeah. You were just operating within a set of parameters that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but the parameters that you have to operate within to build a legitimate business are probably of similar difficulty. So, you know, that's a good sign. Yeah, and it makes me think of how hard it is to do the thing that, that we've done and that, that other people are doing that Dara has done is creating an audience and a community around an idea. Stewarding their trust and love and and being a trustworthy voice in their life as they navigate something that's important to them, something that they want to become awesome in or a badass in. It's really, it takes so much time to do that, but easy come, easy go, right? And the opposite, I'd say, is 
it can be true as well. It'd be really hard for our audience at Fizzle to go away, not just on the podcast, but on the blog, right? Where we have this huge audience of 40,000 people on the email list who, and, and growing every day, who are like, okay, I trust you enough to give you this. You're going to email me the things. And some of these people have been on that list for five years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that takes it so much time to build up just naturally um, that we forget. That's why these, you know, this niche, niche sites and, and SEO type stuff is just so sexy. Because you can push a button and publish a thing, and all of a sudden the bots start going, and here, you know, and like, Magic. oh, look, instant cash, you know, and, and easy come, easy go is, is the bummer. And, and it just feels like everything I learned about, everything I needed to learn about business, like I learned in, in kindergarten or whatever, <laughs> you know, just like I can spray paint all over everywhere, but I'm going to have to clean it up. Oh, really? Oh, okay. It's just basic human stuff. But, uh, I would, I think, Corbett, you, you're, you're successfully eschewing your, your story about a failure, but I'll let it slide. Uh, but it could, because I think your advice is really great. That, that the real question here, Rob, is what do you really want to do? What, what kind of problem do you want to put a dent in? What kind of small, interesting thing to you, could you scratch your own itch and make a thing that goes out there? Even if it's not your, your massive, your, your total income, even if you interned somewhere or did something else, uh, did add, like you know client work or whatever clearly you know how to make a website or do whatever you were doing so um that's and that really rob that's the hardest qu- question of all like that's what we're all really asking ourselves even even when you're in a successful business you're still kind of like you'll have these moments where you come up above the clouds and go like is this is this it is this is this what my my whole life my whole life's work is going to be is this something that's important enough for me to keep going in this you know yep so it's it's hard stuff, and we salute you, Rob. Um, even though you did something that uh, might not have been the most legit thing, <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, Rob, thanks, man. Uh, uh, and we'll try very hard not to get to the point in the future. Let's move on to Dante's question. Hey, how you guys doing? My name is Dante Harrell. Um, I'm a newly published author um, here in Temecula, California. I just published my new book, What Goes Down Must Come Up, um, self-published like September 16th. Um, um, wow, this is exciting. Anyway, my question for you guys is this. I'm looking for more exposure, but I would like to, I've been writing a lot of TV shows like the Queen Latifah show, um, um, shoot, uh, The View, things like that. What would your suggestion be in the best way to, I don't know, I guess better um, try to get myself and my book on one of those shows or anybody's show for that matter to uh, get promotions uh, or to get it promoted or also um, endorsements? How would you guys suggest the best way to get us endorsement? Thank you. Once again, my name is uh, Dante Harrell. And uh, check out my book. It's on Amazon. It's all over the internet. I'm steadily, steadily promoting it as much as I can with the knowledge and little knowledge that I have. But anyway, I appreciate your time, guys. Peace. Oh, thanks, Dante. Great question. What goes down must come up. Look for the book on bookshelves near you in the internet. Um, uh, when I first heard this question from Dante, I was just blown away by the idea of like, wait, how, how could anybody just get on the view? Like, how does that happen? I love that Dante's like head's just like, that's where he immediately goes. Yeah. It's like, I need more exposure. That means I got to be on a TV show. Good on you for just having grand ideas. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, 
And I think what's interesting is like I always think of when guys like Ryan Holiday or Tim Ferriss or something go and do these big media outlets. It's not nearly as effective as their own sort of uh, as the the interactive the, the internet stuff that they do. That's true. Um, That's true. A lot it of people drive say, doesn't drive the sales. Yep, exactly. Um, which is fascinating to me so, because you'd think it would just by the sheer number of the things, but it's not an action oriented medium. Right. It's a it's it's fundamentally passive. Yeah. You know. So ask yourself, Dante, like, why do you want to be on the View? or whichever and if it's for sales then yeah maybe that's not the right answer if it's just because it would be really cool to tell your friends then that's another thing there's a couple things that it made me think of is i've been looking at a lot of publishers a lot of authors now um and like like for instance guys like tim ferris or ryan holiday or even seth godin or uh malcolm gladwell or, or whatever a little some of those are a little less so in this camp, but I just see this this strat. You notice how like like five years ago or whatever there was this all this hubbub and like blog, blog posts about how to get on the New York Times bestseller list. It was all, I mean it's probably still all out there t- today, but but that was the big dream is you get on the big New York Times bestseller list. You got to get this book. Like when you write a book, you have you know there's all whatever whatever it took to write the book. Now your work begins. It's published, and now you have to get it out into onto these lists and into these places where it's going to get bought and do the things. I just recently i was looking for a a gift for my dad and i'm like you know top business books on amazon or on whatever and i found it really useful to go through those books and and see if any of them were interesting so i could picture a lot of people going and buying books that way but um there's some like not the strategy of getting on the new york times more importantly this this overarching strategy of like this is your first book you have to plan for the next five Mm -hmm. because that it, it, like the compounding interest of of your thought leadership or of your ability to sell books increases but i think for me as an author if i wrote a book like i would i would put all i would put all like the way that dante is right now i could just hear it in his voice i'd put all my hopes and dreams on this one book i would just i would like if this is it i got to do it and that's what my expectations would be even if i knew even if i was trying to tell myself to do something differently and i'm just seeing a lot of the other of the people who are actually the biggest doing doing the things just counting on writing more books and learning about how to publish books to to the widest audience as they go you know and i'm learning i guess i'm kind of learning a lot by like watching guys like austin cleon uh probably him in terms of the person who hasn't like really sprung the the massive massively like a tim ferris has but who is who's adamantly working towards that promoting it well but creating interesting stuff on his website being an interesting personality in social media and all that stuff just being himself i guess so my, my point being that dante uh, this this book is a massive massive achievement. You need to open up a big old bottle of champagne and celebrate. And then when you wake up in a couple of days, realize that it was just the first book of te- of ten or so that you'll probably write if you're going to turn that turn pro like that and make these things. And you've got to sp- you got to do your due diligence to get this out as much as you can and learn from it so you can roll that into your next book and then do that same thing knowing that oh my god I wasn't even planning on the hard 12 months of 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 promoting this thing and and where what communities I could try to get this thing featured on it. Who are the voices that I want to hear talk about this book that will actually drive sales, you know, things like that. Those are the big questions that then when you start folding that into your book writing process, you start to get a little bit smarter and smarter. Another writer that I pay attention, pay attention to and watch this from is, is Michael Port and the new projects that he does, the guy who wrote Book Yourself Solid. And by the way, you know, Book Yourself Solid would be a great book for, for some of this sort of, uh, you know, I guess understanding some of these marketing channels you could, you could take this in. 
but that that's my what do you what do you guys think so to me you know um the way you get on the view or the way that you sell a million books or whatever is that you have to win over each person that you talk to or each person who comes in contact with your book you have to win over each of those people individually um and it's just you know it's just a grind it's one person after another who hears the story about your book and is intrigued enough to go check it out um and not to pick on dante too much but um he didn't tell us anything about his book you know and and maybe he's just being polite in how he's leaving the question for us but he gave us the title but he didn't tell us any of the backstory about why he wrote the book about what it's about so we had zero context to go on and and neither did anyone else who's listening to the fizzle show right so i went and looked up dante's book here and it's called what goes down must come up um he has it on amazon as well as some other places and um it's a book about a college student's life turned upside down he uses his education and his love for the arts to rob the city bank with no gun in hand. So the description is interesting, and that would have helped if Dante had given us that. And maybe he's using that when he goes and talks to people about it. But what I heard a lot from Dante was really he was interested in how do I get on The View? How do I sell more books instead of thinking about what's in it for the person who's going to read this book? Because there are Hundreds of thousands of books published every year. I don't know. I've read a lot of different accounts, somewhere between a few hundred thousand and and well over a million books published every year. And you have to realize, like, okay, if I'm going to get on the view, why is why does this book matter more than the other million books that were published? And how am I going to convince the producers of the view or whoever um, that this is interesting enough for them? But um, before you get to the view, Dante, looking at Amazon here, I see that you have. No reviews of the book on Amazon. I see that there's there's one. Oh, you do? From on the ninety nine yeah. cent version, there's one. Yep. Okay, so there's multiple versions. Um, oh. But you know, before you get to the view, you're going to have to just understand how can I convince people, uh, or how can I get people to check this book out and get them excited enough about it that they're going to at least leave some reviews on Amazon. I would imagine that any book that gets covered on the view or any other you know big um, big big uh, TV show out there probably has a lot of reviews on Amazon, um, which is social proof that tells you know whoever you're trying to get in contact with that this is a good book. And so I would start instead of top down, you know, from the, the you know trying to get on Oprah or whatever, start from the bottom up and just think how can I convince each person that I come in contact with that they should check out my book? How do I make my description of the book? How do I make the way I sell my book intriguing enough that people are going to go check it out? They're going to leave a review of it. Maybe they'll tell a friend about it. Um, maybe they'll make introductions for me to other people who might be interested in, in the book. Maybe eventually I'll hear from publishers or um, publicists or something who hear about the book from some people who have read it and recommended it. And one idea I see here is is uh, Amazon. You've you've categorized it as African American literature. Um, that's that's an angle to take this book and say, look at this young African American author writing uh, fiction, et cetera, et cetera. Like there, there is a that's a a unique group of people that now you can find. Where are the places where I can get in touch with these people? Where this story can be celebrated? Where uh, a African American author can be can be you know celebrated? Writing an actual book, someone doing it for the first time, doing this sort of stuff uh, is. It's an interesting story that's getting talked about 
in a lot of places. And so get, try, trying to get your book there, I don't know. I don't know what those places are. I don't know how you do that. But the same would be true if you were a young uh, pinball superstar. Right there's blogs and forums and things for for that, or if you were a you know field hockey legend, <laughs> or you just coach or something like that. Right there's places that exist online for every little thing, so that's where it's like getting to those communities uh, alongside of, of Corbett's thing, where it's like yeah, now you are the ultimate sort of like uh, you're peddling your wares. You've got to get everybody interested in this book, and you've got to help help them understand what they're going to get out of it. Um, you know, whether it's just an interesting story or whether they're going to be inspired or, or whatever. So Dante, I think though, first and foremost, this is your first book. It's incredible that you made a book. You did a thing that nobody ends up doing or very few people ends up doing. And, uh, and, and so you should celebrate that and realize that you're capable of it and realize you're capable of doing even better. Realize you're capable of putting out stories that are even more aligned with, with the, uh, what's in this at the heart of mind of culture right now so that it has a chance to be big you know things like that uh or just keep writing stuff and have a damn blast doing it i have two things i would add um the first thing is focus on your next hundred people who buy the book and get every one of them to review it so i'm reinforcing the idea that reviews will provide social proof and then the second thing that we'll add in the show notes is i would read a book called trust me i'm lying by ryan holiday um it's subtitle is like confessions of a media manipulator. And I'm not suggesting you use all of his methods, but I am suggesting that it will teach you how the media system works. Uh, and then I'll also share the link to my Evernote notebook of book marketing and production articles that are kind of the best of the best that I found around the web. Nice. Nice. All right. I'll put both of those in the show note, uh, for this episode, fizzle show.co slash 83, 84, 84, 84, 84. That's right. All right. I think we have enough time for one more. You guys ready for Amy? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, guys. It's Amy here from Mellow Waves. Um, I'm a fizzler, and I love the Fizzle Show. I listen to it every week. Um, It's my treat when I've uh, done all the things I'm supposed to do. Um, I wanted to ask you a question because I followed the 30-day Ship It Challenge um, back in June to ship my first product. Um, It was a four-week fitness plan um, for rubbish surfers to help them get ready for their surf trip so that when they um, get out on their holiday, they're feeling strong and ready to go. It's called Shit to Fit. Um, I hit some bumps as I was doing the challenge. Um, I had a bit of a crisis of conscience confidence sorry the first um it's about the week before I was about to launch it um and I didn't promote it as much as I would have hoped um but saying that I still launched it with the help of some fizzlers who dragged me through it and um did okay out of the launch considering um but now a couple of months after um I feel like I've hit a bit of a anti-climax really um my motivation has kind of dried up and I'm a bit stuck with what I think I should be doing next. Um, So I guess my question to you is, after launch, how do you keep up the momentum um, when you've been working towards a certain point and you hit it and then everything just kind of goes, "Mm," and (laughs) how do you keep going? Um, And how do you get that momentum back if you feel like you've lost it? Um, Thank you so much for the show. I love it. You guys are awesome. You put a massive smile on my face every week. Um, Thanks, and hope to hear from you soon. Take it easy. Bye. Oh, Amy. How charming and adorable is she? Gosh, this is great. That's two I think I love yous in one episode. (laughs) Wow. 
I feel literally if you we knew how retire. much of an attention whore I am, like this is like my favorite, <laughs> my best day in the whole world. This is wonderful. I, I'm sorry. I just need to take a moment. You guys go go ahead and start. Amy, um, congrats on the launch. I know we've talked about it offline, and uh, I love the the title to fit. Um, I had a chance to check out Amy's guide actually, and um, and she did a great job. I mean, she she got it out there. She published it. She made sales. The guide itself looks great. She's solving a problem that she believes in um, with all her heart. And uh, and now she's hit the post-launch slump that we've talked about before. We always hit it ourselves. And um, I know most people that, uh, most other entrepreneurs that I know kind of hit that slump as well. Just because, I don't know, sometimes you don't meet the goals that you were looking for. And I think that's Amy's case. You know, maybe... She was hoping for X number of sales and and she didn't quite get there and maybe she's feeling a little bummed about it or you know maybe she feels like okay I put a dent in that problem and um, now I don't know I'm just not as attached to it as I was and I feel like I need to look for the next best thing but I'm just kind of feeling bummed about it um, it's totally normal the way I tend to get over it um, or the the best way in fact I was just commenting yesterday I think to Chase and Barrett about. One of the most valuable things I find in everything that we do with Fizzle is um, something we call Fizzle Fridays, which is every week, uh, one of the three of us is live on a call and we do a, a group coaching session, essentially, where um, Fizzle members get to come on and talk to us about what they're working on. And um, we give them some live feedback and other Fizzle members get to chime in and give live feedback as well. And for me, that always helps me get over whatever slump I'm in. Um, whether it's a post-launch slump, something big like that, or if it's just kind of the regular old, you kind of forget what you're working towards after a couple of weeks and you need to re-engage. Talking with customers, whatever format it is, um, for me is always the most energizing and it always contains the right answers. You can have all kinds of answers swirling around in your head or you know ideas about what you w- want to work on, but the truth you know, the most pure form of truth you're going to find in building a business always comes from interacting with customers directly. So for you, Amy, I would love to see you, if you haven't done this before, follow up with people who bought the book. I don't know if you sold it on Gumroad, I believe, is where you went. Um, hopefully you have a list of customer email addresses. Follow up with them and, and ask them, hey, um, I know you purchased the book a couple of months ago. Uh, I would just love to chat with you for 10 minutes if you can on Skype. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. I just want to pick your brain about uh, you know, how you found the exercises, that sort of thing. And um, just sit down and talk to them and ask them why they bought the book, um, what they were apprehensive about when they were thinking about purchasing the book, how they used um, the contents inside and what sort of results they got. And walk through that process and you're just going to get so much insight into where your book fits inside their lives. Because for you, Amy, you know, building this book, it's your everything while you're working on it. It's your entire universe. But you have to remember that the people that you're trying to sell it to have millions of other things going on in their lives. And your book is just going to op, is just going to occupy some small sliver of their consciousness for a small period of time. And it would be really curious to me to wonder, Amy, if those people were actually able to use your exercises and if in fact they were able to go from to fit. And if they did go on that vacation that they were looking to go on somewhere exotic, and um, if they were able to surf better than they would have if they hadn't gotten their together and gotten fit um, ahead of time. So um, that's always a good strategy. If you're feeling like you don't want to continue with the um, surfing 
uh, you know, book series, or if you don't want to continue pitching your current book, um, then you could talk to those people about other needs that they have, maybe in connection with the travels that they're making for these surf vacations, or if they want to do more surfing locally or whatever it is, if um, at least talk to them and, and try to ask other questions and see about other problems that they have that may be more pressing than the problem that you were trying to solve to begin with. Yeah, I love that point, uh, that last point you made, Corbett. I think it's really important to hear how you've impacted the people who are reading your stuff, which was kind of your first point, uh, but also using that as an opportunity almost to do customer research around their other needs, their other challenges, their other opportunities, either within your space or not within your space. Um, maybe you've attracted an audience that you just like hanging out around or speaking to in general, and you might see a way to transform your current efforts into another way of helping the same audience. So for me, the way I always move on from a hangover like this is either um, double down on the product I've already made and relaunch it. So do it better, take my feedback and my learnings and apply it to making a better version of what I've already created. That's the hard path to me because you're diving right back into the topic you're tired of. Or I look for what's the next project and how can I uh, get energized about something new, a new topic, new learning, um, something that's just fresh for me so that I can apply my energy there and forget about that hangover that I'm coming off of. I like it. I think uh, those are those are all excellent ideas. I'm still sort of reeling from uh, how charming these ladies are sounding when they say that they really like us. So it's, it's very difficult. Yeah, it's but for you. Corbett, your, your idea of like just diving right back into the people who actually bought the thing, I think that's that is uh, a number number one numero uno uh, advice right there because it's oftentimes not the thing you'll think of doing. It's not the thing that I'll think of doing, but it's always kind of like just like what you're saying about Fizzle Friday. When I get back into these people's stories and I realize and I read some of these forum posts and stuff, it's like, oh yeah, there's real people with real problems re- trying to build real things, you know. And Mellow Waves, Amy's project is one of them. This is a real thing. I just learned how to duck dive on her site. She just taught me how to duck dive. Oh, yeah? And yeah, which is awesome. Um, uh, and anyway, so I think staying close to your audience for not only how do I make this current thing better, but then also what's the next thing I can make. It's just, it's like a secret weapon for an entrepreneur. It totally is. It's something that we rely on heavily. It's something that's a huge uh, goal for us in 2015 to have a lot of coaching calls and a lot of discussions, a lot of interviews with people who are just like you trying to build their thing and seeing where the common hurdles are, what the common roadblocks are, what what individual different kinds of businesses have different kinds of problems, et cetera, these things. That's where the insights happen is, is when you who know how to make something and who have a little bit of expertise get thrown up against an actual human with a real problem and then that hopefully it's not just this one person's problem but a lot of people have that same problem so i think corbett your advice is great then i had to just i had to just say the same thing just because Good. i wanted to make i wanted to make sure that rob knew that i was gonna just go ahead and belate the point not only are we gonna take a while to get there but we're gonna just like take make it last forever mm-hmm. yeah once we do, once get, we do there. get there we might as well linger <laughs> on it for a while exactly do you have to let it linger have to <laughs> you have to that's a good karaoke song by the way especially if you're melissa reeves my bride because she nails it she's got that like high thin wispy voice Uh and she's just like actually she does zombie a lot too yeah she does she nails it between between (laughs) alanis as they say in uh canada yeah yeah, and uh and the cranberries boy melissa's is a dynamite karaoke singer 
You betcha. You betcha. You betcha. Darn tukas. What does what does uh, what does Jessalyn sing? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to ask me what does uh, what does the guy say in Lebowski about the tukas? <laughs> no, I don't. Dark. I don't want to ask that. <laughs> Darkness washed over the dude like black steers tukas on a moonless summer night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you'll have to hear what Jesslyn sings yep, next week. because you have to end on that. Uh, I have been Chase Wardman-Reeves. <laughs> I've been Corbett Tukas Bar. Oh, my goodness, I've been <laughs> Barrett Brooks. Come <laughs> <laughs>I think I found a new band name for us. Chase Reeves and the Tookus Patrol. <laughs> if anybody wants to make the shirt, that'd be awesome. Uh, thanks to Amy, Dante, Rob, and Dara for your questions. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, you can ask your question, and we'll get your answers on the air. Just head to fizzleshow.co slash ask. Or shoot us an email at heyguys at fizzle.co. Show notes for this, uh, this uh, episode will be found at fizzleshow.co slash 84 that's f-i-z-z-l-e show.co slash 84 that's where you're gonna find i I listed out all the conferences and a few more uh that we mentioned in this episode as well as i made a little picture of us as pikachu pikachu (laughs) i thought that was such a funny intro Listen, if you like this, please leave us an honest rating in iTunes. It doesn't cost you much, and it means the world to us, because it helps other hopeful entrepreneurs find this show. Simply search for the show in iTunes and click write a review. Listen, here's one uh, from JR1178. JR1178 says, Just wanted to say that I've listened to one episode now. The 10 Reasons Businesses Fail one, and my mind is blown. Too much value and too funny. You have a new listener on The Fizzle Show. Well, welcome to the party, JR1178. Uh, maybe one day we'll be on a first-name basis. Listen, it's pretty easy to write one of those. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe tell us what your favorite inside joke is, or sometimes people even add a, a, an intro there. If we were uh, kinds of shoes, if we were uh, uh, whatever, whatever is close, near, and dear to your, to your heart. All right, folks, we're getting to the end of this year. I don't know if you can feel it yet, but I sure can. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. We've been in full-on year review mode. If you haven't seen the year review uh, post that that we put out uh, and the episode from, I believe, last week, get into it. This is a fun time to start figuring out what next year is going to look like. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.